Hi, welcome to this week's episode of Fighting Words. Donovan here. Thanks for tuning in. I'm trying to get in the right headspace. I've been rushing all morning. <clears throat> you know, so have you. A little bit. You being Mariah, mm-hmm. back by popular demand. Apparently. Yeah. Um, yeah, we had a great conversation, I felt, last time about just some general church and sexuality issues and various various things yeah so wanted to continue that um but i usually like to start with a little small talk okay right so you lead it this time engage me okay what has donovan uh been thinking about lately <clears throat> what i've been thinking about oh gosh was going to take an hour <laughs> um what's a what's a a dominating thought a a random thought a random thought like an maybe an intrusive thought i'm curious what are your okay here's an intrusive here's an intrusive thought so sunday morning i'm doing a sermon prep Mm -hmm. you know like i've done it throughout the week and now it's sunday morning i'm like the last go at it and i'm sitting at panera going through my notes making final adjustments and i um well i'd say we all battle with unbelief right it's like but I get this intrusive thought that says, you don't believe this. It was pretty direct. It was like, oh. And it was like, why? Yeah, how can I go preach this then? You know? But I also, I guess to different degrees, I'm aware of like the idea of spiritual warfare. That that's mm. what's happening. That wasn't my voice. Mm. That was an intrusive voice, and it wasn't the voice of God. But I, but I felt like I agreed with it for a moment. Oh man! You know, because you're like, yeah, this is absurd. Mm-hmm. Why would I really like? There's a God, and He's listening, and Jesus rose from the dead, and then like. But you just kind of push that thought aside. Just keep going through your notes and praying, and like. Um, and then when I'm preaching, I feel like I never believed anything more than I, you know, it's like, this is absolute rock solid truth. Like, mm-hmm. and I can't, so number one, the experience of preaching catalyzes faith. But I also believe that like, I've done the, I don't know, the work, the theological, philosophical work, like it make nothing makes more sense to me. It is true that, the, that whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Like, that is true. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that in my life, and I've seen that in the movies, and I've seen it in the scriptures. And then the Christ is just the ultimate manifestation of that truth, which is he says, why he says, I am the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. It's that truth made manifest. So, like, it's rock solid. But mm-hmm. for some reason, sometimes I, right, we have unbelief. And then, especially in that moment of like sermon prep, I think that was an attack. Like, right? So, yeah. you're going to be the voice right now for the gospel, like, to a bunch of people. Then, yeah. like, we're going to try to tear this down. So, that was an intrusive thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there it is. There's your pastor who doesn't believe this. Wow. Uh, it's more than you yeah, bargained for. You're like, oh, so, I got to like, find another church. Sharp for <clears throat> spiritual warfare. I get that. Well, yeah, I think recognizing that those are the fiery darts of the enemy, right? Yeah. So, what do you have? What? How do you fight? What's the breastplate of righteousness and the 
you know, the sword of the spirit, which is the word and the helmet of salvation. Like it's believing and fighting against that. You That's, know? That felt like big talk, not small talk. <laughs> yeah. That's how it goes. Well, the other thing I was going to, when you when you first said, what, what's that I've been thinking about? It's, uh, you've been talking with a lot of people and, and everybody's thinking the same thing. Everyone's thinking about the state of the world in terms of, um, the pandemic and the vaccines and the mm. masks and the all this stuff, man. And like, I don't want to go mm. down and do that episode right now. We won't do that, but it's dominating. It's really dominating people's lives and thoughts, and people's jobs are on the line. And yeah. this is a big deal. This is a really big deal. So that's heavy. Yeah. So yeah, none of that is small talk. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think the unbelief thing. If I can make a quick comment about yeah. that, like, yeah, we do all struggle with it on some level. <clears throat> um, but I think it's like our feelings, again, that get in the way. It's it's like, I don't feel this, so I can't, I'm having a hard time believing it. And and if our feelings aren't there, it's, it's just that struggle. So it's like, okay, I've got this head knowledge, but it's not connecting to my heart. And I think that's like, where we see a lot of the world, um, a, a lot of atheists just relying on um, like science and higher knowledge and intellect and being like, well, I, kn- I know all this like big stuff. So like, I don't need God, you know? And it doesn't, it's not like feelings for them or I don't know what I'm trying to say. I feel like, <clears throat> yeah, the whole fight for joy something that I've been convicted of in the last year or two is like regardless of where my feelings are at like fight to for obedience and then hopefully the feelings will come you know it's not always feelings first and then and then you're inclined to obey necessarily it's like obey first sometimes and then hopefully the joy will come you know that's like the cherry on the top yeah it's called a so the way I would put that is obedience is a means of grace so yeah means of grace that means means um, we want God's grace right his presence his growth in our life and our affections like well how does that happen the how is the means there's paths of grace like how do we get that and some of it's Bible study and some of it's prayer and meditation and but it's also just the living the life that Christ called you to live well mm-hmm. well obey like Worship, uh, preach the gospel, mm-hmm. serve, you know, love mm-hmm. your friends and enemies. Like, and then that can be the path by which then you're met. And I think, yeah, often yeah. people get stuck in like, well, I'm waiting for the feelings and then I'll yeah. preach the gospel. I'm waiting for the feelings and then I'll repent of this sin. It's like, don't wait. That's mm-hmm. very often it's the opposite that we have to step into that place of the unknown and then God meets yeah. us there. Well, right? like segue, um, like yeah. in the marriage, for instance, <clears throat> Um, you know, it, it, in I think it's Ephesians, Paul commands husbands and wives to submit their bodies to one another. And like one of, one of you might want it and be like, Hey, let's, you know, have some time together. And then the other one's like, Oh, I'm not really feeling it. But like, we're called to submit ourselves to one another in that way, to fight for joy in that way. And so, um, yeah, maybe the feelings aren't there right away, but then there can be this like awesome moment of like wooing one another and then, oh, the feelings are there, you know? So it's not a legalistic thing where you're, oh, I don't wanna do this and I'm obligated to do this. It's like, no, I wanna die to myself and love my spouse 
because this is what they're asking of me. And I love that. Well, that's a can of worms. Wow. I mean, I you agree know? with you theologically. I also see the, uh, the really difficult, that's a really difficult place to apply the gospel. You know, like, I think you're right, but I could yeah. see, you know, it's like, because it's personal. It's like, yeah. it's very, it's not just like, well, okay, I'm going to give this guy 20 bucks. If, even though I don't feel like it, it's like, wait, I'm going to make myself vulnerable and try to strive for intimacy when it's not there so i'm not denying anything you're saying i'm just affirming the, the well and definitely there can be like selfishness involved in either party like you know maybe one of you wants it for the wrong reasons and then isn't having grace when the other person is like honey like i'm just too tired or whatever right oh yeah well it's your biblical command to yeah like there's definitely <sighs> toxicity there that could like enter into that space but then there's also grace yeah that can enter into that space and we can love our um, neighbor who is our spouse well and love God well by loving them well, you know? And then there's other layers of comp complexity here which are the nature of your relationship. So like, yeah, you may have a generally good relationship and you're just kind of not on, on sync, in sync that day. That's a different situation than you actually have a really toxic relationship. You've been, um, let's say, in an abusive situation where you've yeah. just been ground down to your last bits of hope for five, 10, 20 years. And now this person's saying, hey, I wanna be intimate with you. Like, And again, there's still truth that God can be, show grace in that moment, but it's just <clears> a, <throat> that's really different than the run of the mill. Yeah. I'm tired, uh, you know. Yeah, I can't imagine. I feel like it would be just so raw, um, all the feelings you're probably feeling Yeah. in that moment. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, so I was thinking, how did we get on this uh, path? But it was the idea of, of feelings and, uh, yeah. So, but we kind of segue to the broad category of, of sexuality, uh, but let's zero in on uh, this issue of transgenderism. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe I could do a little preliminary work and then kind of open you up to some some questions, thoughts. So, um. So basically what we've seen happen over the last several years is that there's been a popularization of this idea that gender is a social construct. And that's been in academia for a while. Mm -hmm. So let's break that down to find that. So historically, sex and gender have really kind of been used inter interchangeably and to a great extent still are. Um, so what that means is, you know, sex is male, female, right? So you have a male, you have a female. That's generally the two categories that people are born into. There's some intersex issues out there, pretty minor. Um, but generally there's male and female, and we would even see an intersex person as, that's a genetic aberration, right? Like that's, yeah. that's a, so, and then woman and man has just been another word that we use to mean those same people, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so they were really used interchangeably, right? Even the Bible uses that that stuff interchangeably, and and in the English language, you've used that stuff in, interchangeably. So a female is a woman, and a male is a man. Well, mm -hmm. what has happened historically is that so, as sociologists have studied cultures, they've seen that in different cultures, men and women have different roles, different expressions. They're not. They don't overlap. 100% and even within a culture let's say a society as big as the US there's going to be a, a, a spectrum of cultures there mm -hmm. so what it means to be a woman you know in a Chattanooga might not mean what it means to be a woman 
in Portland mm-hmm. or India mm-hmm. or China. So and that's true that there's a variety in expressions and um, uh, expected roles. So based on that truth, that there is a variety there, they said, well, then the way that we are expected to present and manif- and, and behave in a society is a social construct. Right. And they're to some ex- extent correct um, that there is a variety in, in, in the expectations. Mm-hmm. And so then the next step was then to divorce the word man and woman from the words male and female and say, okay, we're going to use male and female to refer to uh, sexual, uh, like what you're born with, your chromosomal level identity. And we're going to use man and woman to refer to these social constructs, and we call that gender, right? So they've, they've divorced the two yeah, and said, okay, now that's gender. So now gender is a social construct is what they mean. Now, mm-hmm. I agree that there are social constructs to the idea of male and female and men and women and how we present in the world. Um, I think that's a, a, an error and a dangerous move to disconnect those those things and we can get that when this is going to go down the road and get more and more complex but that's that's the basic idea right so now where that leads is yes you may have been born male or female but it has zero correlation with how you present in the gender category you may be born as a male and feel comfortable with how your culture says males present and what we call men, or you may not. You may feel really uncomfortable, which is called a, a dysphoria, right? Like I have a gender dysphoria. I'm really, really not aligned with the way that the culture is saying I should act as a male, mm-hmm. right? And then there's probably a spectrum, mm-hmm. right? Uh, which yes, I agree. There's, there's a, a very wide Very spectrum. wide spectrum of like, um, mm-hmm. like I would take myself and in many ways I think I do pr- embrace that what the culture has said men are but in many ways i don't either like i'm not big into sports and like scared of spiders <laughs> i'm scared of spider right right exactly so yeah that's a good one uh i i like to talk about feelings i don't mind crying in public you know yeah. like um so anyway just an example of like there's some spectrum there right so but the big issue there the big key distinction is that is that separation of those two categories of sex and gender and now presenting that worldview to uh, a lot of people who are having various experiences at various times in their lives and and then saying hey you there's zero correlation between sex and gender and basically the world is your oyster in terms of what you want to do how you want to present how you want to identify right and now we get into tons of other issues so anything there that you would want to clarify expand or yeah um i think you made a really good point that like it it looks different in every culture and every uh geographical place to what it means to be a man what it means to be a woman what it looks like um something that i learned in the lgbt studies class that i took was Specifically, a lot of like native and tribal um, communities and cultures have a lot of space for fluidity. Um, and I I don't know why that is, but um, like I think it's Thailand, don't quote me on that, has like uh, the largest population of um, 
a third gender, quote unquote. So um, that's really interesting because they never got colonized. So it's like, okay, so the white Anglo-Saxon Christian, whatever, when they colonized spaces that affected these cultures that were more tribal and native. I still don't know how to like, I don't know, think about that, I guess, but it's just an interesting point that was made. Sure, and I've heard of that, and I. but what's also interesting is that in that culture, let's say this Thai culture, yeah, uh, this, this uh, third gender or yeah. whatever, is is viewed as an aberration from the yeah. man and woman. It isn't like that man is now a woman. Yeah. They don't say, oh, that man is now a woman. So there's just more space there for them, and they're just more accepted then, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So. But it's not what they were necessarily born with or to be. Hmm. I don't know. The it's interesting because as far as transgenders go, like I think a lot of people are confused. Um, they're like, oh, okay, so are you gay now? Do you like the same sex now? No, 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 no. Um, transgender, uh, in the sense of like sexual attraction, has nothing to do with sexual attraction, really. Um, right. Which, so the one of the ways I've kind of described it is <clears throat> the sexual attraction thing is more about is is how you. Uh, relate to others mm-hmm. in that way and your gender identity is more about how you relate to yourself yeah like, no no I feel this way yeah. right it, it's like you look in the mirror and you're like I'm in the wrong body or I I want to be called you know Susie not Steve anymore or whatever and um, basically transgender it comes from I think the word transition because they're transitioning from male to female or female to male but it's such a spectrum because some people choose not to transition physically like they choose not to get any surgeries done top or bottom or get any hormone therapy or anything like that they're just like i just want to be called Susie now right so there's a there's a lot of you said ways this manifests so that well, I think it's called transgen. Trans just means like crossing over. Yeah, I think that's right. Like transatlantic yeah. trade or something, right? So they're crossing over these these constructs. So um, that to me is interesting. The uh, so in one sense, we've said we. I haven't said this, but uh, trans activists and that whole world has said there's no correlation between your sex and your gender. So you can be born a male, and then say. I identify as a woman. Um, well, to me, I don't get then then why you would work backwards then to change your body. <clears throat> it's kind of it, violating the it, the premise that they're disconnected. Yeah, you know, like. Well, it kind of irks me because I'm like, okay, guys, let's be consistent. Then you know, like, I just had a baby shower, <laughs> and um, I don't know. We don't know what we're having uh, as far as the sex goes, right? Um, but all these parties, it's like, what's the gender of the baby? Do you know the gender of the baby? Is it a boy or is it a girl? And I'm like, um, n- no, it's not gender because it can choose its gender in this society now. So, well, you're not affirming that. You're just kind yeah. of like saying, hey, this is what. Yeah, it's it's it, it, it's it's. Well, there's a lot. I'm gonna of- be a little crass here. Is it a, 
it should be not is it what's the gender reveal party it should be is it a what's between their legs right. party you know what i mean so there is there is a, a lot of inconsistency out there which is why i say the world has kind of embraced this but not really so you like you could be watching the news and then uh they'll, they'll do an issue on this or they'll do a story on this issue yeah right and they'll kind of be clear about their terms and then next segment comes up and they'll say two men spotted robbing a bank like well how do you know they were men did you ask them yeah right it's like or even take this idea like texas just um uh you know passed this abortion ban on abortions before six weeks and all the responses coming out are uh this is an attack on women well what do you mean like when what does woman mean I thought is it maybe it's an attack on females. So the point is that there's the the language and the thoughts are not consistent mm-hmm. throughout, and, and it's evident in many many ways. Well, and they want to keep changing their terms, and then every time they change their terms, it offends another people group. Like, so you said the abortion thing; it offends women. Actually, it's birthing people now, and it's not breastfeeding anymore. I think it's I saw one feeding. that literally said bodies with bo- menstruating bodies or. <laughs> people with vaginas <gasps> or something. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, but let's back I think we can we can point out a lot of that stuff that's um not consistent, but I I want to do some work on this idea of social constructs and um mm-hmm. and also why people might feel a certain way. Like I do think it's there is a a, a spectrum of what's ex- can be expected of a man like mm. So I'm doing a lot of work on this with my son. I'm I'm raising him up, and I want him to be a man, right? Uh, well, what does that mean? Does that mean he has to play football? Does that mean he can't play with dolls? Okay, so no. But if he only wanted to play with dolls, I'd have a problem. Now, why is that? Um here's here's kind of the way i'd break it down like male and female is a thing man and woman is a thing those 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 relationships and roles are important and some of those things are closer to the essence and some of the things aren't um but we as a society and this is why every society does have gender roles like you might say oh it's they they vary therefore it's a social construct and i would say yeah but there's a really really um strong signal that every society has decided it's important to signal that. That was my takeaway from that. Like, wow, why does every society have this? Yes, they they vary, but they all have it. Yeah. Now, why is that? <clears throat> and it's because we know that it is important to show these things. So, if um, let's say in a, in back in chivalrous days, like uh, you know, one of the things a man did was hold a door for a woman. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was a, a, a cultural agreement that this is one way we will signal that this is a reality. This distinction is a reality. So now you go to another culture and they don't do that. You know, yeah. they don't, they don't, this has never been a thing. They don't even have doors. They live in the woods, you know, like, so they don't hold doors for women. But, but the question is, they do something. They're doing something to signal difference. And the question is, why and why does that matter? So merely pointing out that there's difference and there's a spectrum. It doesn't do enough work. It doesn't do enough. It doesn't do as much work as you think it does. You think it deconstructs the whole thing, but all I'm saying is all it, it actually highlights the fact that that this matters in every culture mm-hmm. in the in, that we've ever known or have ever studied. There are signals, and now you have within these cultures 
people that are more or less con, uh, inclined to conform, right? So you would say, and that, that's going to vary a lot. You know, like I would say in a small tribal culture, there's actually going to be a lot of conformity, mm-hmm. right? There was some fluidity, but there's going to be conformity to the, um, like you're not going to have a, a guy, let's say they all, uh, yeah, I would say there's less conformity. We, we have a, 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 a broad multicultural society that has allowed for other, you know, multiple influences to come in, right? So like, um, well, let's take some cultural signals like, uh, you know, the length of a woman's hair. Mm-hmm. Right, so like in some cultures, like if you cut your hair, that's really that's an offense. Like you're signaling, I am rejecting womanhood, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, oh, like, but in some cultures, that's not mm-hmm. right. It's like they don't care. They're like, what? Have it long, have it short. So, but part of the challenge is we have this big society that has different cultures in it, and what you view as a high offense, someone else doesn't. They're just like, oh, I just cut my hair. Like, what's yeah. the big deal? You know, but you view it as a, as, a, as a signal that you're rebelling against society. <clears throat> yeah. Well, and there's it's interesting things like because they're changing over the years now. What I see is like men wearing nail polish, for instance, especially if it's like pretty basic neutral colors, like black, for instance, um, is isn't seen as feminine, feminine, or effeminate. Like you don't have to be, you know queer or flamboyant to wear nail polish anymore or it's girls like, getting tattoos yeah or or getting their getting buzz cuts and you know being completely straight and being even married you know to a to a man so it's just okay that's how she wants to express herself physically um, or that's how he wants to express himself physically but it doesn't make them less of a man or a woman or you know queer you know yeah not necessarily but but i think what's going to happen over the long haul is it'll you'll either settle into new norms Mm -hmm. or um if you lose that again back to the issue of like why do these societies signal this and i would say the consistency of it across societies the consistency of the 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 signaling of um uh the difference between gender roles and it's not just christian patriarchy that's involved here i mean this this is Right, you go to tribal cultures and they're different, but they they do have this. Like, I mean, I just all the men go out and hunt, mm-hmm. and the women stay home and hunt yeah. and gather. Like, why? Like, there's well, some of it has to do with physicality. Yeah, it has to do with domestic, the domestic nature of a woman's a woman's uh, physiology. Right, that there's definitely a like a biological factor there because women it generally are better at fine motor skills whereas men generally are better at gross motor skills so like fine motor skills being like working with your fingers and things like that doing small tasks with your fingers whereas men it's like their arms their legs you know lifting and building and yeah so so one of the things we're up against is that modern <clears throat> society has made those distinctions less pertinent mm-hmm. so because of technology and advancement it's now um, okay, like you're right. In modern society, like women can mostly go out alone. You know, women can work in the same spaces as men. Um, and likewise, men don't have to rely on their brawn. They can become an engineer. Or right. uh, so, I don't think that erases these things underneath. 
uh, but I do think it allows for the complication of it, right? Similar to, um, well, like how modern society has enabled, um, well, the advancement of like, well, feminist culture, the, the embracement of uh, abortion. It's like, yeah, yeah, okay, well, you're right. You don't have to just be a homemaker, make babies while your husband goes out and plows to survive. Like you have other opportunities available to you and you and you want them, but it just doesn't, you may want them, but it doesn't negate your womanhood. I would just say, this is one of the complications of modern society. Like yeah. it, has, it has allowed the blurring of these lines more. Yeah. I would, I would say a lot for like our Midwest American culture, it's, things have gotten more and more complicated since like um, the, the uh what am i trying to say the feminists like the first feminist movement probably in the 20s um just because yeah pushing for more equality which isn't necessarily bad a lot of thing good things have come from that but also it's like <clears throat> okay so your husband's building a garage you're not going to you know push for equality and like build it with him you know uh, but then there's this, like this social construct that or contract social contract that's like well I you know cook and clean for you and you build my garage you know um, so my wife and I have pretty pretty traditional domestic roles that way like and yeah. uh, not everybody lines up to yeah. that and I think that's that's okay <laughs> but I think you're what you're pointing out is that when you're a lot of times when the feminists are pushing for equality, it's like it's only in certain places. They're not saying, "Hey, we want to be." Why aren't there? Why aren't there? Why isn't there equal representation in the bricklaying industry? Uh huh. You know, like well, because it's it's like ninety seven percent male. Like mm-hmm. you know, nobody's fighting for that. Like, well, and if you're a female in a in a job like that, you're seen as butch, or you're seen as one of the boys, or you're seen as a tomboy, or whatever. Right. Um. So let me get back to this issue of me. So I'm raising my son and I want him to be a man. So I do think that part of the problem, so I'm going to present what I define as what it means to be a man and that's going to be offensive enough. But part of the problem is that <laughs> is that we're sending poor signals. Like if you raise men by telling them, here's what it means to be a man and you list a bunch of external things and base them as the essence of manhood. So like you like to lift, you know, you're all about brawn. You like to, you know, that's just, you're aggressive. You, you know, you like football. You know, you don't discuss your feelings. You know, you're more apathetic. You're, or uh, mm-hmm. you're not as empathetic maybe as, the, you know, women. You, you work with your hands instead of your heart. Like, okay. And then there's, you have a man that comes up and goes, well, that doesn't describe me. And then he goes, well, I guess I'm not a man. <laughs> And I would just say, no, you just you just don't fit that social construct. That is a social construct. Mm-hmm. So what is the essence of it then? What what makes you a man or a woman? Um, so in one sense, I'd say it's male and female. So we got to keep these things linked. Yes. Right? But then how does that play out? So raising my son, I'm reading even Christian books about this stuff, and I have to stop and go, well, that, that's not the way I'd put it. Like, for example, I would listen to a pastor one day, and he says, you know what it means to be a man? You work hard all day and go to bed tired. And I just go, so that's not what women do? You know? I, I know a lot of women that do that. <laughs> right? You better do it. Like, we're called to wake up, labor, like, for the Lord, for the kingdom, for our families, for the world. And then, like, 
yeah, and there's some rest involvement. But the point is, that's mm-hmm. that's not manhood. Mm-hmm. So what? Or even like, you know, what's manhood? Being brave. Also, women shouldn't be brave. Mm-hmm. Like we're called to be bold, courageous. You know, pour ourselves out. Like there's so. So what is the essence? And I believe they can only be described in relation to one another. Ooh, okay. Right? You can't stand alone. So they're in con- they're standing contrast. Like define black without white. Define white without black. Like it's impossible. So male and female, he created them mm-hmm. to display his image. So that there's a complementarity in which the way those things relate show the glory of God. So one is the is the the sexual portion that we are different physically and there's this um sexual engagement that occurs right right and i would say the next level is um how we relate to one another socially like and i'm going to reduce it to this but i believe it's true that god made us physically different and not just sexually but also physically in such a way that um the woman is the weaker vessel Mm mm-hmm she just is like at the end of the day men built a society women can be safe in yeah i would agree with that and if that society falls apart we're going to see a quick reversion back to pre-modern times where there's going to be a need for men of honor to step into that role of protector yeah okay have you heard that quote where it's um uh hard men create uh or no it's strong men create good times good times create uh soft men is i think it's weak men and then weak men create hard times and the cycle continues so oh weak men create hard times hard times create strong men strong men create good times good times create weak men um that cycle continues and i really think um sorry men but I really think we're in that like weak men time. A lot we're seeing a lot of um, passive men that don't speak up and just let their women have whatever they want. <laughs> and I think I think that's what a man is. I think a man knows how to be assertive uh, and and speak his mind, and he knows what he wants, and he has clear direction. But so does a strong woman. But he doesn't just bulldoze you know like he has grace and like um ma ma um malevolence no is that the right word that would not be good benevolence benevolence yeah benevolence well you're describing jesus yeah so but but i would say the same thing about a woman Mm -hmm. but the question is what's what's the role here so like um so when my wife I leave the house. She's managing the household, right? I need her to be assertive. I need her to be clear. I need her to be gracious. I need her like I need her to be Christ-like as well, mm-hmm. right? Now, when we're together, we're sending us we're sending a different signal, right? It doesn't mean she's no longer going to be assertive, but it means that I have a role as an initiator here of flourishing. So, if you go back and listen to the Rebel's Guide to Gender, that was our series on complementarianism if you want to hear more about this but like um okay there's man and woman are together now okay now we're sending signals about reality and about god and about who we are so we both need to be christ-like yeah 
We both need to have courage. We both need to be bold with truth. We both need to be gracious. We both need to be benevolent. But I am standing with the weaker vessel in a world that is fallen. I have a responsibility, therefore, to to step into a front lines initiating role to initiate flourishing. And then she has a responsibility to come to me and maximize that. So I'm talking about marriage specifically right now, but yeah. but I want to expand this out a little bit. Like, so, so what does that mean? That means, well, it's going to look different in many, in many families. But the point is, I know that what my role is, is defined to a great extent in relation to, to her as a woman. So my son, very often when I come back to what it means to be a man, has nothing to do with sports and arts and what he wants to study or anything like that. But it's this, you have, you have women in your life right now, um, your sisters. Mm-hmm. And maybe a girl you're crushing on or something like that. Like, you need to view yourself as responsible. And now he's not ultimately responsible for them. He's a, their brother, not their, but I'm not their father. But I'm training them. I'm training him. Like this matters. Like when you you cannot treat your sisters the way you treat your friends. Mm. All right. You there's a posture, and it's a posture of honor. Yeah. Right? This is where, if you go back to like the idea of holding a door for a woman, I'm saying, well, you're saying I'm weak. Like, well, I'm saying as a whole, yes, women are more vulnerable and it would be beneficial for the men in society to care about that, to protect in that way, and to have cultural signals that that show that. This Mm -hmm. is, I'm honoring you, Mm -hmm. right? I'm saying you are of equal standing. You are a gracious, beautiful gift from God. And we're not exactly the same. And in fact, you stand in a place of vulnerability in this world. And so we want to go, we want to correct for that by initiating with care and protection. That to me is the role. That's how I define manhood. And then the woman's role is to see that, celebrate it, champion that because it's a value. Yes. And then enter in those spaces and bring the maximization that that he lacks right because alone he's just one mm-hmm. right or one type of being so now you have woman coming in there bringing her nuances and her gifts to mm-hmm. maximize that but to me that they've got to be related to one another mm-hmm. so now we extrapolate that out to the church we go okay men and women are necessary we have everyone has gifts everyone has uh value we have plenty of women leaders but at the end of the day we're saying men you're ultimately responsible for initiating flourishing in this church so you're going to be the elders. Mm-hmm. And someone asked me, well, I was talking with someone the other day, like, does this have any application beyond home and church? And I would say yes. And this is where you get into social constructs. And it gets messy and it gets complicated, especially in a multicultural situation. But I do think that as a society, we want to signal those things as well. So for one application of that to me would be we don't send women to the front lines in war. And yeah. someone, someone would say, well, that's old school patriarchal. It's like, well, I guess like what I'm saying is these, these, these are precious vessels and they're not on equal footing. And you know, here's the part of the challenge is your technology has allowed, well, we can have guns and lasers and, you know, like all these things that can help us maybe equalize the playing field. But I always go back to like, okay, let's just go post-apocalyptic. And it's literally men with clubs and axes going to war. Like you're not going to have as many women going to go out there. Like. Right. Well, and women are just weaker in the sense that we have monthly cycles. Like, I don't know how... Having babies and... Yeah, I don't know how a woman can enter in the army 
I mean, I, I'm not speaking from experience and I never hopefully will, but it's just, it's strange to me. I don't, I don't know if they're, because of the equality thing, I don't know if they're um, more lenient on women when they're on their cycle. It's like, you're just, you're doing it with the rest of us. What if you have a baby? Yeah. Mm. So again, back to this issue, there's, there is a, there is a tie between our physio, our physical design and our social output. Modern society is allowing that to be diminished to some extent. Yeah. But it is there. You're right. Like, so why? Let's go back to the tribal example. Why is it that the men are going out there hunting? Like, well, they're bigger, faster, stronger, yeah. right? And then the women are having babies. They're literally having babies. Like, so if, if you spend, um, uh, let's say Aubrey spent five years having four kids. Mm-hmm. So that that's not just the birth, right? You're pregnant right now, right? Like you've been pregnant almost nine months now. Yep. And then you'll have a baby and it'll be a couple months of nightmare trying to sleep. And then <laughs> depending on your approach, you know, you may nurse for 18 months or t- you know 12 months or whatever. Like that's a long time. And then you get pregnant again. Yeah. I mean, again. my mom was pregnant or breastfeeding for like 16 years. <laughs> Because she had seven kids. Right. Like, that's a lot. Of course you would need to be home with so, your kids. Right. So if you if if you erase the technology that has allowed us to kind of deny that, that's what's happening there. We can kind of deny that because mm-hmm. of technology. And, uh, and and even by the sense that, like, well, we're I don't need to have a kid every year. I don't want to have any kids, maybe. I just want one kid. Or I um, we're just going to have abortions and be able to ignore that. Like... But all this technology has made that possible. If you erase all of that, you've—I'd say you—you go—you reveal what's really under there, mm-hmm. which is this difference mm-hmm. that impacts role. It does impact the role, and there's some difference. But the biggest things of like, how are you literally going to spend your time? Where are you safe? I was thinking of that. Like, what? Have you ever seen The Walking Dead? I've I've seen clips. Well, you get the idea. It's just post yeah. post apocalyptic crap, crap, and like it's just a mess, right? And you're out there trying to survive. Oh my gosh, what if you get pregnant? Oh, what if you have a baby? That's what the um the a quiet place is about. Because they can't make noise and they they yeah. get pregnant and yes. it's surprisingly pro life for the day and age that we live in and pro family. Which is really cool. I kind of how is it surprisingly pro life? Well, just Hollywood in general. I'm kind of like shocked that to see that they're still making movies that are cons- as conservative as that. You know, what was conservative about it? What do you mean? Just the fact that she was having a baby? <clears throat> no, it wasn't just that. Sorry, spoilers if you haven't seen a Quiet Place. Oh, it's been out long enough. Been out, but um, the the father and mother choose to keep the the pregnancy even they had though. An I think so, yeah. because even though it, it literally puts their whole family in danger, because if the baby cries and the aliens hear it, they're getting killed. And then, um, you know, the very end of the movie, it's just like a type and shadow of the gospel, and I love it, is the father lays down his life for the family. And um, I don't know, it's just like, ah, oh, yeah, that's a man. You know, like that is what a man is supposed to do. That is what he's called to do. Not just like, physically lay his life down in a dangerous situation like that that's like the ultimate calling of a man but you're never you're not always put in a position where you have to physically put your life um in you know 
lay your life down. You know, we're called as Christ followers to lay our lives down in so many ways um, outside of that, like denying ourselves and our selfish nature and being like, I'm going to sacrifice for my family by working this job that's really hard for 40, 50, 60 hours a week so that I can I can serve them and put a roof over their head and put food on the table and show them that I love them in this in this way. And that that's my responsibility as a man, you know. Um, but as a woman, like she's she's called to champion him in that and be like, yeah, that's your that's your calling to sacrifice for the family in that way and deny your selfish nature of maybe being more lazy or something like that. Um, so or here, being more passive. So here's where I would <laughs> add my my complementary nuance to that is that yes, that's right. I, that's I want him to start with that, initiate with that. Now I want her to maximize. She's also going to sacrifice, also going to die, right. and she may get a job and work outside the home and 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 be a supplement to that. But I right. I do I do think so. That's a cultural signal, like for him to say, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it my responsibility." My primary, I'm going to be the one primarily responsible to make sure this happens. And then you, as a maximizer, how do you complement that? Maybe you're a stay-at-home mom. Maybe you, you're a nurse. Like, I don't know. But I would not be a fan of reversing those things. Where she goes, I'm going to bear primary responsibility for this. And then he's like, Well, okay, I'll see what I can do. Like, no. The other thing you brought up about, like, well, there was a movie, The Quiet Place. The, the guy sacrificed himself for his family. Uh, there's another example of like a cultural signal. Think of this idea of a, you know. Women and children first. You know, the boat's going down. Like Yeah. So to to the trans ideology, that's just an offense. It's an it's an affirmation of the patriarchy. It's uh you know, all that stuff. And I'm just like, that's the world I want to live in. That's the we are signaling something. Mm-hmm. You're right, that there is a difference and that there is a vulnerability and that at the end of the day, if someone's gonna take the harder thing, it's going to be us, and that's mm-hmm. a, I'm just unashamedly saying, yeah, that's what we want to do. That's the culture we want to build, and if that's oppressive, you know, the part of the challenge is that you know you and I are are, are describing maybe an ideal for us. Even someone mm-hmm. would reject it as an ideal, but for mm-hmm. us, it's an ideal. But historically, the reality is that there has been a lot of toxic masculinity because women are the weaker vessel because men are not christ-like power can be abused easily yeah and it has been right and so um they men do have the power and then to some extent that's just unavoidable uh, it's um what do you call it um undeniable mm-hmm. so like built into the feminist critique of the world you know the patriarchy is like well you you uh you know you've been abusive you've been you know toxic in the way that you've built this world it's like yeah and i'll just ask how did they get the power to do that and the answer is they have the power mm-hmm. it's not undeniable so you're saying you're agreeing with me that men have the power so it's not a question of whether or not they're going to have it they are going to have it and you may for a season be able to um tamp down like some western man or something like that for a while but eventually it's not going to last yeah it's not going to last. Men do have the power. The question is, how are they stewarded? The pendulum swings. And yeah, it, even as a woman, like it's just, it's cringy. If, if I don't like want to say this, but I'm like, they're a lot, like right now, the 
the men in our society are allowing women to have the power. So they they technically have the power. They can revolt and uprise and rebel against um, you know women in power, but they're just letting it happen. They're like, okay, like we're allowing you to have all our platforms. We'll let you drive. We want to take a back seat anyways, but they're letting it happen. They're they not are. fighting against it. They are, and it's not going to last. <clears throat> they will probably eventually fight against it. I agree. Yeah. Well, I think what will happen is a different culture will rise up. So, the pendulum swings. Well, so take this idea of, because um, it isn't just all these things are tied together. It isn't just like, hey, I think women should, you know, be the leaders and be the bosses at work. It's it's all this stuff is tied together, right? So the confusion of gender, the um, the. Uh, devaluing of the nuclear family, um, the uh, lowering birth rate, mm -hmm. decreasing birth rate. So basically, we're just trying to deny the the, the physical essential, essentialness of what we are, and so that leads to a devolving of that. Right? You don't have at the end of the day, you're just not making babies. Mm -hmm. So just take Europe as a case study. You can, there's tons of stuff out there you can read about this. So Europe has been to a great extent feminized. Right, in terms of this balance of power, mm -hmm. it's more of a most of the countries there, Western Europe, have embraced what would be viewed more of a, a feminine approach to culture and leadership and power. They're gonna and they're gonna go out of existence, and in their place, what's gonna be there? Old school, more old school patriarchal culture. So these are these are immigrants that are coming in from oh, Islamic, Islamic yeah. countries. Things like, and I don't necessarily have. A, I'm not in interest of preserving the whiteness of Europe. I don't. I don't really care. Like, I'm just making the observation that that's what's going to happen. Those cultures are coming. You're in. cutting your. You you can't deny reality. Is the at the end of the day, as you go, social or gender is a social construct. It's like no, it's not. It's a it's a representation of a physical reality that if you deny it, you deny your very existence. Like you can't. Yeah. You can't exist as a culture without some of these basics of like <laughs> yeah go forth and multiply well okay so i've had a couple transgenders that have been close in my life um like a couple years ago kind of at the same time one was a neighbor one was a classmate and um i just like i i feel very strongly about how we're all made in god's image and we all have eternal souls and so we are all equal in value um, so that is like the approach that I take towards any human being in my life that I that enters my space. I'm like, I love you because you are made in God's image and you have eternal value because of your soul. Um, but also I'm like, okay, but I'm also a believer. I want to identify with Christ pretty quickly, and I want to I want to make sure that they know that um, I value them and i love them um but the 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 struggle there is you're living a, a lie of about because i've had conversations with them and and these two people were so just like open and receptive to what i had to say i think because i was welcoming them into my space mm, uh -mm. But it was just like, you know, I love you because of this, but also you're you're living a lie. And and I I feel like the transgender 
the whole struggle there is um based off of getting to know these two individuals is is it's uh them trying to create their own salvation and what i mean by that is like we are born again we are a new creation in christ and so the moment that we know uh what perfection can look like um we are discontent but we can hardly ever achieve perfection and so without christ you know we can never be perfect so these this transgender movement is like i want perfection what does that look like i want to be made new what does that look like i want i want to create my own identity and and be in be born again in my way and be my god and save myself from um both of these individuals definitely lots of family trauma uh growing up rejection um a homelessness um mental health for one of them for sure probably both of them um they want to be born again yeah they're they see when they look in the mirror they see something's wrong they see brokenness yeah and they're like i'm in the wrong body god they're right god made yeah they're right yeah they, but they also say that then they get they jump to the wrong answer right. right they go to the wrong answer which is i need to change my body because that will change my contentment as far as perfection goes um yeah so like we settle <laughs> i heard a pastor one time say we know what perfection is we long for perfection it's pretty rarely achievable so we settle for what's new and that's why there's like you know the new iphone every every year we want what's new because we can have temporary bliss yeah and i think um when you're struggling with your identity you look in the mirror and you're like okay well i guess new is being the next thing and other people are being the next thing too and so maybe it'll be they think it's going to be a permanent fix but it's only a temporary fix and we see that with detransitioning now so one of those individuals for sure detransitioned <laughs> and mm. i saw it so they were taking testosterone born a female um met this person uh as a identifying male and um was you know living with i guess his girlfriend at the time that's what we met him as and then we eventually like started seeing him wear heels again and like bras again and makeup again and i was like okay so do we ask him if he's not cole anymore (laughs) and and uh and and then they eventually told us yeah we're stopped the testosterone going as she again and um and that was just me running away from my toxic past and you know my dad and all the toxic men in my life i didn't want Mm. uh, i didn't want to be a female in their space because i was disrespected Mm. and i wasn't seen as equal and um you know just belittled and walked all over but then i'm not seen as they're equal now because I'm transgender and that didn't really work out. So I was going to the wrong thing for the for answers. And this person never got saved it as far as I know so far, but 
I'm still praying for them. And but it was like it was interesting to see them like be so open and vulnerable to me and be like, I was basically what they said was I was trying to save myself. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's where I think, you know, I've, I've preached about this before, but there's so we can talk on one level about the ideology and the theology of it and deconstruct it. But on the human level, what you just described there is one example of of what is the common denominator, which is a human's quest for joy and meaning in the midst of a world of turmoil and a body yeah. of sin. And it's like, so um, I think that's where we, as Christians, need to understand that. Like, if people aren't just waking up flippantly making these decisions, you know, some maybe, who knows. It's, but is a reality that to do that, to go to that the extent of, um, transformation. Uh, it's coming from a place of you really want to kill something. You really want to make something die. Like I even saw this with changing my last name when I got married. Like I actually, <laughs> Keegan will probably be fine with this, but I fought him on changing my last name. Uh, this was, I think, before I was completely. You set me up for a good one here. Why didn't you want to change your last name? Um. Okay, so flexing, my maiden name, uh, just the only flexings on the face of the earth. And my father, even though he's one of 12 siblings, he's the only son that had sons. So two sons, right? My older brother and then my younger brother. And I'm just like, I love my last name. I think it's so cool. It's so unique. We're the only ones on the face of the earth. And I, I want to potentially carry that on, see it see it continue, um, the legacy, whatever. And uh, Keegan was like, no, you know, and brought scripture to the table and things like that. But ultimately, like, it was the, the fact that Adam got to name Eve and that was his responsibility that God gave him. And I, I started to also embrace it more because it was it was in a sense like a second um, regeneration for me. It's like, this is my new life. This is my new name. This is my new identity in a sense. Um, t- again, a type and shadow of, of Christ's salvation for my life like my husband is a representation of Christ and I'm a representation of the church and so um yeah obviously I I came around Man, you're just an old school patriarch <laughs> obviously I came around to it but I um I was so excited when I did come around to it because I was like yes like this is like a type and shadow of the gospel it's like another feel it's similar to like my testimony it's like i'm new and my the old is dead and good i don't want to i don't want to be remembered as the old old mariah flexing like people that knew me as mariah flexing probably don't really have great memories of me i was kind of the worst in high school especially so i i'm like ah now i'm like barrett and People can't hold that over me anymore, yeah. you know. Yeah, I see um, that. It's a yeah, it's a shadow. Yeah, that's good. So, what do you mean the flexing? You're the only ones on the face of the earth. We are. We've looked it up. 
like so i think when our german i believe ancestors immigrated to the u.s um their name got changed so it used to be like Fleischig or something okay and um and then it got changed to flexing and we're the only flexings left so wow yeah one of us is rubbing a microphone oh sorry um hey let's uh we got a few minutes left let's uh let's talk about this um are you familiar with the mike pence rule maybe or the billy graham rule maybe okay it's cultural signaling that it's a it's a social construct that signals uh the distinction between men and women and the honor there so we're, we're actually practicing it right now you may not be aware of it right so when we talked about getting together and doing this podcast yeah one of the things I told you was that what well, has to be when my wife is home. Yeah. Okay. So that's a. So for those of you out there, even even the topics we're talking about. Oh, Donovan's got this younger girl in his house, and they're talking about all this, all these hot <laughs> issues. Like, okay, well, guess what? Like, I'm. Uh, so the Mike Pence rule, the Billy Graham rule. Uh, Mike Pence caught caught crap for this. Um, a few years ago, oh, it's the, the rule reporter. that you won't, yeah, it's the rule that you won't be alone with a woman who's not you know, like your wife or daughter or something like that, right? Like to be above reproach. Yeah. So, well, that's a that's offensive, you know. It's like, well, to me, it's honoring. I'm I'm signaling to my wife, um, hey, it's important for me that you know that I care about this, and there's on you know, one level, it's like. Why are we doing this? Well, to protect from us being alone, and yeah, I'm not on the verge of having an affair. I don't think if you did that for a long time, things but like I could that could totally happen. Totally, me to you. It, but yeah, but it's but it's so in one sense, it's just like, hey, I was here. The kids are here. Everyone knows what's going on. But the most important thing to me is actually signaling to to my wife that matters. It's signaling to your husband, yeah. to your husband that matters. Hey, yeah, hey, I'd like to have a talk with uh, Mariah, but I want you to know that I honor her as a, a woman, as a weaker vessel, as a. I'm a man with power, you know, on the past. Like, I want him to know, hey, he cares. I don't know if you've told him, like, hey, when I go over there, his wife yeah. or something. Like, that, to me, that's an honoring thing. Hey, bro, like, I honor you and honor your wife. Like, it's not a nothing. I don't. So that's a Mike Pence rule. Some people would push back on it. And um, fine, I guess push back on it. But I would just say that I think it's a good thing. And that's what I would. That's what I encourage my pastors in. Like, hey. So if you're going to counsel a woman, it needs to be in public or it needs to be, you know, a situation like this where your wife's in the other room or there's two people present, maybe, you know, couples counseling or something like that. Like, don't build a situation where this is your practice, you know, mm-hmm. I won't even give a woman a ride home. Yeah. I'll buy you an or you know, catch an Uber. Um, why? Because I'm signaling culturally that we're not the same. Mm-hmm that i want to show honor and that's to me that's a that's an honor thing it's not a shame thing Mm -hmm. it's uh that's what that's rooted in and and comes out of um but yeah i could see why the world would just think that's insane well you're making me think of like uh, just like sex trafficking for instance like who are the victims there Uh, it's mostly children and women (laughs) yeah you know why isn't it men because men are the stronger vessel um you know why do i have to (laughs) you asked me last time is that mace yeah Yeah. i have mace on my purse why because i'm the weaker vessel i don't i don't feel safe to go for walks alone no matter where i'm at no matter how uh 
like trafficked the road is or how bright the day is. I don't really feel safe to walk alone. And I know that a lot of women do feel safe to go for jogs and runs and stuff like that alone with headphones in that you literally can't hear if someone's sneaking up behind you. But I don't. I don't feel safe. Why is that? Because I'm the weaker vessel and um, I don't trust people just because they're educated that they shouldn't rape to not rape me okay like you can tell a rapist all day long until you're blue in the face rape's wrong you shouldn't rape okay but does that take the desire out of their heart what like it's just like telling a depressed person stop being depressed wait a minute how right there's vulnerabilities out there um (laughs) yeah i certainly think about that as my daughters get older and they're like i think of them i don't going away to college or being out you know, just being out from under our thumb more and out with friends. And it's like, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about my son also, but I'm not concerned about this. And this is where this idea of male privilege comes in. It's in its best sense. It's not saying that males have an advantage at everything in the world. Like, well, no, I personally think women, <laughs> I've said it, are much more fascinating creatures to me than men as a whole. But but it, I, I, at its best, I do think it means this, that like, in the power dynamics, men have an advantage. So I just want to when the when when someone from more of that world comes and says, "Well, you have male privilege," I just say, "Yeah, okay, don't deny it and get defensive. Like, just affirm it. Like, you're right. This is a man's world. There's that old song. Like, this is a man's world, and there is a privilege in is it as compared to women mm-hmm. in our general strength, which is how we got the power. Like. So affirm that, don't deny it, and now say, based on that, what are we gonna do? And I think the improper response is to deconstruct manhood and hand over the keys, but it's to call men to Christ-likeness, right? To like, yes, you do have a power, now what do you do with power? Mm-hmm. What did Christ do with power? He loved his church, laid down his life for her, right? Yeah. Because he viewed her a certain way. He didn't view her as exactly as him, right? There was a difference there, so. Yeah, if we weren't protected by men, women would be oh like oh it's out of control it'd just be horrible yeah we would be just so vulnerable i we i would constantly live in fear i mean i i already admitted i live in fear a little bit like i would i don't go for walks alone like i gotta have a walking buddy that's just how i am um yeah i i'm thinking about consent too so like when I mentioned that it's like you educate a rapist that he shouldn't rape and and hope that fixes the problem or or our society thinks that education fixes the problem. So I see these messages a lot. It's like teach your boys to respect women and and no matter what they're wearing. Yeah, you can teach your boys fine. Teach your boys to respect women. That's great. But does it actually mean they're going to? Right. So these things like anything gets polarized. I see these posts online like a. Uh you know, I forget the name of that girl recently, that blonde girl in Colorado, whatever. I mean, I don't mean whatever her life. I mean, I don't remember the details. Are you the, talking the about details. that rock kid? Oh, I don't know. Maybe they're out in a hiking and oh, then he came different. home with her van. Anyway, the point is some girl went missing and this stuff, you know, it's probably killed by her boyfriend and this stuff went all over the news. And then I see all these posts um, saying things like, you know, stop telling women to you know, protect themselves and start telling boys not to rape or not to kill. And it's like, and I just say, yeah, those, those are both true. Like you're, you're polarizing this as though it's either or like, of course, 
we need to educate everyone. Mm-hmm. And that includes coaching young men on what it means to be a real man. Now, you're bringing up another balance to that, which is it doesn't mean they're going to listen. Right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that they're going to be compliant. But it doesn't mean you're wasting your breath either. No, like, we, we teach. Yeah. yeah. We teach teach my son to to be kind to his daughter, his sisters. Now, at the end of the day, he's down there in the... You know, down there playing, and he's going to be as kind as he feels like it in the moment, right? So, of course, we coach. Mm-hmm. But I'm also going to tell my daughters, like, I'm not going to leave it up to chance, right? I'm going to tell my daughters, hey, no, I, uh, here's uh, situations to avoid. Here's things to watch out for. Why? Because of the reality. Yeah, so to evil say that it's out there. Yeah. So, evil people in general that want to seek you harm. That, I mean, we learned from Lynchin that. Uh, women lure other women into sex trafficking, into to being victims of that. Oh gosh, that's just a whole scary. So thing. it's not just men that are the perpetrators, but it, and again, it's there's nuance to who's a perpetrator and who's a victim, and we are all both. <laughs> well, those lifetimes. women are being evil in that, but they're also probably taking them to an organization that's run by men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they're like a pawn in that. Yeah. Not to, not to absolve them of responsibility. They're being right. evil. But it's just, um, yeah, I, I, I abhorrently disagree with people that think that humans are inherently good. I'm like. Yeah. Well, you're, you're married feel... to Keegan. That's easy to, easy <laughs> to see. Hey, let me ask you this. Uh, back to the trans issue. Um, okay. So let's say I grant, uh, for the sake of argument, that. Gender is a social construct, and woman doesn't mean female. Okay? So, like, okay. okay, okay, great. I affirm that. What is a woman? So, put yourself in those shoes. So, for me, you ask me what's a woman, I say it's a female. But if we disconnect the things, and someone says, hey, I, I, I'm a woman. Like, what do you mean? So, apart from genitalia and DNA. Yeah. What's a what's woman? What's a woman? How would they define that? <sighs> Who, they can't. They right. literally can't can't um, define it because they won't. <laughs> Again, like okay, so I was thinking about this yesterday and how they say they talk out of both sides of their mouth. How um, equality for women and um, you know platforms for women and things like that, but then they let men take their platform in the guise of a woman. Um, it's like, how does that not offend you that you're letting men yet again infiltrate your party of women by being like, I want to be a woman too? Well, it's like, or or on the other <laughs> hand, if if a woman identifies as a man, becomes a man, is she now part of the patriarchy? Yeah, or is she an oppressor? It, yeah, because if I can't say I'm a woman because I can make life, I can create. And, and grow and bear children. Uh, I don't know. It's just offensive to me. Like, yes, I am a feminist to an extent. But when you take words away from me, like breastfeeding and um, calling me a birthing person, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not a cow. I am not cattle that just creates um, people and births them and chests feeds them. That to me is so degrading and so yeah sure whatever like if you're a trans trans person and you 
prefer to be called a birthing person and you prefer the chest feeding fine but don't make me don't make me conform to those labels just because you want to be inclusive yeah so we could we could pick at this all day and I, there's at the end of the day it is it's it, all the inconsistencies are the result of a of chaos it's the disc it's the attempt to disconnect who we are from our created reality and that's really what a lot of this boils down to is like you know what you are trapped by your essence mm. and that's part of existence is like you know, i think part of the angst and i remember growing up and just why do things have to be the way they are mm. you know and it's like well i want to change the world and like well there's mm. some things that you can't change and some things you can't you are limited mariah you didn't choose to be a woman and there are limitations and vulnerabilities to come with that like especially in the in obviously the sexual realm like think about that that disparity between a man and a woman let's say they're they hook up she gets pregnant she does have a vulnerability there mm-hmm. that he doesn't have mm-hmm. and he can just flee a lot easier than she can and that i guess sucks and part of the whole right, feminist movement is to try to erase that. And But I think it's fair to affirm that, that that is true. That you didn't choose that. You are constrained by your nature. And the movement as a whole is trying to say, well, we don't have to be constrained by the nature. Mm-hmm. We, have, we have new definitions and new technologies. And I would just say part of being a human is accepting the nature that we've been granted. And, yeah. And then men have their responsibilities. But again, it's so weird to me how it's like, okay, on one side of the spectrum, we've got the L, uh, LGBs for, sh- for sure that are like, I was born this way. I'm attracted to who I'm attracted to and I can't help it. And I'm like, yeah, you were born that way. But then there's the T's that are like, I was born wrong. God made a mistake when he made me. So which is it? Did he make you exactly how you were meant to be? Or did he make a mistake and you need to change? Change. Which right. one is it? Right. So there's, there's again, back to the fact that there's, this <coughs> not, it's not a coherent worldview. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Um, so I think we got to wrap up here. Um, yeah, if there's other things you would like us to uh, address, always open for subjection or suggestions for um, uh, show topics. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this thing, this, this is big and it, it goes on and on. But at the end of the day, I say big takeaway. Yes, the, the worldview is uh, is is not biblical and and, and it's chaotic. Yeah. But but the people are are made in God's image and they're wrestling with real real things, like you mm-hmm. said about life and value and wanting to be born again and mm-hmm. something wanting to die. Like that's the place of empathy and connection and and relatability. Like I don't, um, yeah, I guess I don't I don't want to be a woman, but I certainly want a new body. Yeah. And I want. Yeah. Amen. A, I've said this before to some extent, like people who are really struggling with this, this trans issue, like they, they almost are taking the issues more seriously than a lot of people. Cause like, we're like, well, I just need a new job and I just, well, I just need a new, a makeover or I just, you know, need to move to Colorado. And they're like, no, there's something deeper here. And I'm saying, yes, yes. Let's so just follow it through all the way. It's not just, you're right. This is a deep, deep level about identity. So let's go all the way instead of mm-hmm. stopping short at the gender issue. So, all right. Mariah, thank you. Mm, thank you. And uh, we'll see you all soon. Bye. Bye.